This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast, a podcast that is From the Back Tees, where we keep the movie references coming no matter how much our boss might not watch them. I am your co-host, Jerry Lou, and with me as always is the founder and other co-host of this website, From the Back Tees, Zach Penser. Zach, how we doing, buddy? Love it. I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me, save for um, I just got done doing a long group caddy assignment for some fans of ours, and my voice is gone. So hopefully the audio is better for this. We're using this via Zoom this time. And uh, folks, I do not sound like this. I apologize. Uh, Zach, how was your week? It was pretty good. I moved to a new city, so it was my first week out in Toronto. Oh, big shift of Montreal to Toronto. Yeah, a bit of a struggle. The worst thing that happened to me was, however, I was looking up, you know, on Google Maps, you could zoom in and see like what's near you, what food places. So I zoom in. What do I see right across the street from me? My favorite fast food restaurant, Taco Bell. I'm like, this is great. I'm going to have Taco Bell seven days a week. Oh, I thought you were going to say Chick-fil-A, but you couldn't get through the protesters. No, love (laughs) Chick-fil-A, but Taco Bell. So I go outside, of course, to get my Taco Bell. And I'm following the GPS. Literally, like it shows it's 50 meters away from my place. And I must have walked around the block five times just to find out that it went out of business. And it's like oh. a tea place. Horrible news. <laughs> and they probably see people like you walk around five times and don't say a word. Like, oh, look, yeah. another person, another half-witted stoner looking for uh, the taco hell. <laughs> I'm like, I just want a fucking quesadilla. I'm <laughs> probably... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I love you Taco Bell eaters. I haven't eaten at Taco Bell in like 17 years. And you know what? I still want to, but I don't. So. Uh-huh. You got to do it. It's incredible. What, what can I say? So let, to get this um, out of the way off the top of the show, I, yes, I was just catting for a very lovely family and their friends from the East Coast of uh, the United States, the Forsyth family. John has been following me on Twitter for some time, and then I think he started following our website. And Zach showed me some uh, messages from his brother, Jeff, who was in the same trip, and I got a caddy for both these guys. You can find John at Twitter at, at jforsyth 23 and you can find Jeff. Zach, you're going to love this. Jeff's Twitter handle is at fro. F- he, started, he started his Twitter account long enough that his Twitter account is at F-R-O. It's Are fro. you serious? He told me the story today how he wanted to make his Twitter account at Jeff because he was. this was 2007. This was way back in the day. And he, uh, when he, uh, much later down the road, he found out this uh, name uh, generator proxy that found out when certain domains were taken. And it turns out when he picked at Fro, at Jeff was still available for eight more months. And he would have been the original at Jeff. I mean, can you imagine, like, uh-huh. if you're the at back or at, like, I mean. That, that would be incredible. So... At Fro and at J Forsyth Twenty Three, you guys, I group category you guys, and we had some beers. We had a ball. Um, shoot, John's de- John's old man Barney. He's a retired homicide detective. Do you remember about eighteen years ago the DC sniper uh, ter- the situation in Washington DC? No. Now, brief brief segue from uh, golf here for a second, folks. Uh, in the United States, as Americans are probably aware, in the early two thousands, we had in my opinion, was the epitome of terrorism in that we had something called the DC sniper. And what he was, was a father and his stepson or, or something like that. Uh, they were um, Islam converts, however you want to put it. But they would essentially just start picking people off from the back of their car. Like, and it was one of those things where you were leaving dinner from Outback Steakhouse with your family. You were leaving Lowe's just getting a wax ring for your toilet. You literally could not leave your house because randomly you might be, get killed. I mean, it was they got almost up to twenty people. It was, in my opinion, in terms of terrorism, that was it. 
But yeah, uh, needless to stuff. say, yeah. Needless what happened to, say, to him now? Well, uh, the uh, the father he was uh, put to death about five, six, seven years ago, and the uh, the son is still incarcerated. I'm not sure how old he is now or what the how the verdict was, but this was all a long, long time ago. So, but uh, but yeah, I guess his father Barney was uh, one of the lead detectives on the case, and they wound up catching the guy. Thank God. So these guys are a great family. Couldn't have had a better time. They listen to the podcast. So um, yeah, uh, John was one of the people who was saying like, "Yeah, your audio needs to improve." I'm like, "Yeah, it does. It really does." Oh, yeah. <laughs> So uh, it was uh, it was a pleasure chatting for you guys uh, and uh, and all your friends too uh, Nick, Greg, um, Scott who I said looks like uh, Captain Harris from Police Academy I, I still I still stand by that and uh, and uh, Gre- uh, what, Nick's dad got a hole in one or no no it wasn't Nick's dad it was uh, so, oh God there's so many names I forget them so someone you were with got a hole in one while you were caddying for them mm. no it was um in our group one of the guys. Uh, his name was BJ. His dad was in the group in front of us. And when we were on number four green abandoned trails and they were on number five green, they, they finally, cause you couldn't see really if the ball went to the hole, it was kind of up on a ledge. So by the time they got up there, they started exclaiming like, okay, well that just sounds like a birdie putt was made. Like, and nobody said anything specific until they got to tee box six and we got to tee box five. And one of our guys got a text saying, Steve just made a hole in one. We're just like, and I looked around and I'm like, no, he didn't. That was the first thing I said is no, he didn't. They did not react like people who would make a hole in one. No, they didn't. Turns out he did, and he, and it, he was the worst golfer in the group, and his front nine card had three eights, three tens, two fours, and an ace. Wow. That's that was his uh, front nine card. <laughs> seems to be what usually happens. Everyone was beside themselves because they said he was the uh, worst player of the group, but hey, I mean, we're, it's their uh, extravaganza, and it uh, couldn't, uh, couldn't happen to a better group of guys, in my opinion. I, uh, I get... A handful of requests. Some are stuffy. Most are very good. But uh, this one was, uh, as I was going to tell them, um, better than most. Wow. Good good use of the sentence. I, I, I try my best. I mean, most of the people who find me to caddy for them have been fans on the website first. But these are a couple, I've come across a couple of people lately who were, who knew me first. I'm not going to say they're fans of me. I'm, I'm nobody. I mean, I'm just. Oh, I'm they just, are. Oh, they are. Humble brag. <laughs> So, Zach, why don't you tell us about why you moved from the greater Montreal area to the greater Toronto area? So, I actually moved for broadcasting school, broadcasting, editing, and producing school. And one of the side perks is I'll be able to use their studio for podcasts, and hopefully we're going to have someone help with the production side. I don't know about that, but at least I know we're going to have a great setup for capturing the audio and for the mics, etc., so it should be great doing it from a distance. I know it's hard, but these guys have all top of the line. Uh, oh, yeah. Whatever. Equipment. That sounds, I've, I've actually been considering going to a writing class in my community college myself. Uh, I, gotta, I, gotta, I got some of those files that are locked up in it's some Google Doc right now that I can't unearth where I have like half written pieces I got to get to for you. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's great. We, um, we hope to everything's going to be moving on up, whether it's uh, paid for help or not. I mean, yeah, exactly. it's... Uh, Everyone's striving to be an entrepreneur and be better at this. So yeah. I'm just happy I'm free of the clutches of Skype for grind. Yeah, for we're going to try and add some uh, hopefully video content for next season. Oh, oh, oh! We're we're talking seasons now. Oh, excellent! So yeah. when when would you say um, season two starts? Would that be like when our podcast anniversary was? Because when was our first podcast? It was sometime in March, right? Maybe April. I feel like it was huh. April. 
I'm, I'm sure it's an easy search. I don't want to get on my phone to take a look at it now. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's uh, like we could have that could be like, uh, or I don't know, we don't we could have a season finale where we give out awards or something for like. Yeah, no, I figured the season would be once like the first event of the year besides the like uh, swing season. I don't know what the official first one is. I guess there is no official start. Well, it's it's those two events in Hawaii. Usually, is how yes. when I was growing up, I always, I always, I hate to say it, I always thought when January first rolled around, I was like, eh, okay, where's golf on TV? The Tournament of Champions and like the Sony. Well, it used, yeah, it used to be that the Mercedes Benz Tournament of Champions, or, or amongst other things, when Stuart Appleby was the only that's the only tournament he he could win, so he keep getting invited back. But that was a long, long time ago, Stu. Um, so so yeah. it's great. We're going to have, uh, hopefully, a lot more stuff coming your way. Hopefully, the uh, podcast is getting bigger. Hopefully, it's not getting smaller. I want to address one little thing. I don't have – we're going to keep the show brief. I don't have anything on my pocket here, but I'm only bringing this up because I've noticed recently I um, put up a tweet that had to do with uh, something that um, AOC, a politician in America, uh, said that she had tweeted then deleted. Since then, I've heard many uh, rebuts about it and whatnot. I just laugh because I, I this this crazy broad does so many dumb things constantly, and then you can't chase them all down and say they're all false. I mean, she's she's just kind of she's not dangerous yet. She's just goofy. But I did notice that I got more retweets and more likes of anything that I've ever put up ever. And out of all those likes and retweets, the only person to like it was my girlfriend, and she actually was the first one to like it. I kind of gave her a point of pride to that. So I want to address the fandom of from the back tees, not the fandom of Jerry Lou, because not not many of my fans seem to reciprocate that either this had nothing to do with politics folks and even if it is false i, I don't care it was just something that was doofy and funny and uh, anyone could have said it i mean and i would have repeated the same thing going like can you believe this person said up is down that's all it was and it just so happens this person said up is down about 20 times now publicly so no i i agree i actually i know you hate the barstool guys but uh portnoy like the founder of barstool he had his whole thing where he got in like a spat with her over the unions or whatnot. Oh yeah. And he gained like tons of followers and then whatnot. And he reached like a million followers. And I was listening to one of their podcasts and he was talking about, it. he's like, for anybody, if you want to gain a couple thousand followers real fast, just tweet out fuck AOC. I mean, <laughs> that's it. You're going to get hundreds of retweets, hundreds of likes. See, now, now, granted, I only have 320-some-odd followers, but at the same time, I looked at it as an, I put up a tweet a, a day later saying just like, hey, AOC fans, if you mix it up with me, all you're doing is proving all of my points. That tweet didn't get any likes, responses, or retweets. So, I mean, I know I'm nobody and everything gets looked over, but, I mean, it's right there to be like, hey, hey, all you, quote, fans, don't talk. You're making it all worse. And I'm not even I'm, – I'm, I'm making fun of your bear hibernating from a distance. I'm not poking it, okay? I mean – no, but I also exactly. don't want to get into the fact that people, Americans voted for her and she's in charge of some portion of America. I, I don't want to address that. <laughs> what was the conclusion? Because regardless of if it was real or fake, it is funny. Like when I first saw it, I thought it was hilarious. Do you know if it's real or fake? I don't care. I don't. I sincerely do not know if it's real or fake. Uh, enough people told me it was fake that I just kind of shrugged it off going, yeah, fuck it. I don't care. And then a couple of other people came back and said like, oh, well, Snopes isn't the best website. Folks, we're living in a day and age now where we can like digitally change faces to look like they're saying things and dub voices over. Yeah, so what is the goddamn truth in the first place? Okay, you can rebut anything with any like proof out there, and it's it's so hard. To, I hate to say it. Like, how do we prove history books right? Because there's no one there to refute those. I mean, what are we talking about here, people? You got to take things as you want to take them, or, or, or as face value. I don't know. It's we're gonna have big know. problems with these deep fakes soon. 
Well, it's true. It, it really, you said it right there, deep fake. That I heard that term earlier this week. That's a thing. Like yeah. hell, Whitney Houston's has her her body hasn't even been cold in the ground ten years, and her holograms already on tour. We, we, they, they could be making new songs and new creative content. These people are dead. I mean, we need to like we need to pump the freaking brakes yeah. here. For people listening, though, this is us. We know there's a lot of demand to copy our podcast, but this <laughs> we're not a deep fake yet. We'll see. We don't talk enough golf for them to really commit to be like, nah, we don't want to pirate that shit. It's like, yeah, yeah they're we're, like, we're, we're out. We're out. So, speaking of Twitter, Zach, you got some questions? I do. I have. Uh, let me get to the first question. Oh, I actually don't. I just have a ton of people commenting on your thing. What thing? On your message asking how the rule changes affected you. Oh, well, I mean, that's that's worth something. I mean, uh, I noticed uh, one of our uh, – peeps i think it was al chervik who follows us he talked about he talked about the uh, three minute thing that's uh that's uh, worked out pretty good the flagstick thing like i said before it's like it really only affects like resort caddies and like maybe people and like their social foursomes but after the first year of growing pains we'll get that over with i mean here well i got uh, this ty ta at tyler underscore armstrong he mentioned how he played some tournaments and he thinks the rule regarding fixing spike marks and damaging the greens is being abused a bit. And then he wants to know if you've seen guys fixing random shit to help them identify a spot to putt to. Um, ooh, yeah, but, uh, that tag at the end of the, the question or the comment is uh, pretty slick in terms of just identifying where they want to putt to. Personally, the greens at my resort are so rock hard, you'd be hard pressed to find a ball mark, let alone if we were to see damage on the green or whatever, if you can't swipe it away, if it's not schmutz or whatever, we just kind of leave it. That is, there again lies how we need a tour set of rules and a regular set of rules because this stuff really, that really does apply to the tour player. Now, have we seen a bit of an issue? I don't know. We've talked about slow play from some golfers. We've seen a couple, there has been some cases where golfers have like way too much worked on the spike marks or whatever, but I haven't seen a consistent thing to really, you know, blow the mast one way or the other, so to speak. It's just... I think there's a lot more other things going on. I mean, and and then like the whole, like essentially, unless you intend to hit the ball and you don't hit it or whatever, other than seeing a couple golfers do that on tour accidentally, like Harris English and Zach Johnson, that really is way more affecting us amateurs and not the professionals. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I I wanted to see if any, that's why I was kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. I'm like, Hey, has anyone else seen any rule changes that have really like upset them or it's been better? I mean, yeah, the one I sort of think, that three-minute rule, I guess you're a fan of it. I sort of liked when it's five minutes, partially because I think it's so rare to lose a ball for them, to actually lose it and not know where it is when it's in bounds. Like, when it goes right. out, they know, but there's people like, I think I saw Brooks Kepka in the last tournament. He actually lost one and couldn't find it after three minutes. Mm-hmm. They're sort of talking about how it's such a rarity that they should get extra yeah. time because it's unfair if you hit it on one side where there's no fans compared to... Or if you're like Tiger Woods, it's very hard for him to lose a ball because he has way more people watching. Oh, yeah. No, I, I get all those nuances. Uh, I mean, again, that that really applies to, like, I would say, like, well, professionals, they shouldn't get any search time. I mean, just because it's like everybody everybody should have eyes on unless it goes in that shrub. And if it goes in the shrub, everyone get in there, elbow deep, and start looking for it. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's it's all, on one hand, it's also arbitrary. But on the other hand, it's like, I don't, I don't want to say this applies to them and this applies to us and vice versa or whatever. I mean, the, the three-minute thing I enjoyed, you don't see that happening very often in golf. Like maybe once a year a golfer loses a golf ball. 
And yeah. half the time I've seen that, it's because a fan was standing on it on purpose. That happens, especially in the Ryder Cup. I've heard that happen. Oh, yeah. That's a oh, wild yeah. Like, move. Well, I heard, actually, and I forget who, what the, who the golfer was. It was in the final round. It was the, the singles day on Sunday singles, 99 at Brookline, when uh, the Americans came back. Um, I forget who Tiger was playing. He was playing some, I want to say, benign guy like Alex Chaka or Alex Norin, even though it wasn't either of those guys, maybe some other Alex. But um, ultimately, like Tiger was in the fairway doing his thing, and they kept searching for this guy's ball, searching for this guy's ball forever. They couldn't find it. He went back to re-tee. And all of a sudden, when they walk back down to the fairway, they're like, oh, hey, by the way, here's your ball right here. And when they noticed it, they, it was their words. They said there was a big footprint around it or whatever. And there were a couple of fans celebrating, hey, we did it or whatever. I mean, like way off the side. I'm not, I, that was a little rumor I heard years ago. Nobody's ever refuted that or whatever. But I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, you have to stand there like, uh, like uh, Mr. Larson from Happy Gilmore, just perfectly still on top of a ball to be like, oh, nope, everyone's going to move around you except you. I mean, it seems unrealistic, but. Yeah, it does. It seems a little wild, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if the fans were doing it. So, do we have uh, anything else uh, from Twitter at all? I mean, my, uh, not too much. We, we also have also, Dumblefore, that- the, our guy Dumblefore. He's going to uh, the Sanderson Farms next week to cover the event for us. Oh, that's right. Do we? Do I even have picks for Sanderson? I'm sure I do somewhere. Anyways, filibuster for a second. I, I'm stuck. I got my machine stuck on college Cam sports. Cam win if he's in it. Does anyone really care about? Well, th- that's why I'm. That's why I'm trying to look up the picks real quick. Because I mean, you know, if they if there's some names in the field, we got the. Uh, nope, nope. My machine stopped after the tour championship. It's not. Uh, it's not producing any more numbers. So yeah, well, hopefully, we're gonna have. Since now we got like eight guys all spread out through the U.S. Although not too spread out, <laughs> but. Hopefully we'll have guys at more events because I know uh, that would be awesome. You see, much like how all these big, not big conglomerates, all these media guys, they constantly want to have like everyone together in the same room or whatever. That's what going on was eventually all these guys quit their jobs because they're making money and want to do this full time. Hell yeah, we'd like to do that. But as of right now, we have a neat little enterprise where we could be like the first satellite golf entity where it's just like oh no we have like uh our people are positioned regionally so to speak yeah so people can meet people wherever exactly so zach do you have a canadian fun fact for us so we can keep this thing brief i do we're gonna go to hockey right now because it is quite possibly the greatest sport even though this is a golf blog (laughs) Uh, the stanley cup familiar yes i've heard did you know the Stanley Cup? This I know. I don't know why I was reading notes on it. They have a bodyguard at all times. They have Lord Stanley's keeper, and it's been the same guy for like 30 years now. With no his kidding. Long blonde hair. It's, oh, it's, like the a, same, it's the same guy. It's been the same guy. He always has his white gloves on. It's not even yeah. long. It's like a blonde bob the guy has. You got to look him up. Incredible. He goes. So when you win the Stanley Cup, every player gets a day with the cup. And they could go yeah. anywhere. Like, they go to Russia with it. They could do whatever. This guy goes out to every single place. Imagine the stories this guy has. He has to have, oh, has anyone interviewed this man? Or has he been too busy, like, being like the guard at Buckingham Palace? He hasn't been on too many things. Not that I, I've heard a couple, like, quotes from him. But he hasn't been on, like, shows, really. But, yeah, like, some people take it up mountains. I just picture this guy, like, trekking up the mountain. And then the next day, like, people are, like, chugging beer out of it. 
Yeah, but then next day he's in the he's in the grotto at the Playboy Mansion. I mean, this yeah. guy, the the, the uh, Lord Stanley's keeper, could be the most interesting man in the world, or have the most the most uh, the most stories just ever of everything. Yeah, but you can meet him. All you have to, you just got to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto, and he'll be there when it's there. Sounds like a shit life. Yeah, it's it's an interesting dead. life. <laughs> His whole life is just to stay with the Stanley Cup. Well, I mean, it's, if, if he's the man, clearly he's the man for the job. Are you going to another another fun fact though? He's not actually with the real Stanley Cup because there's two of them. They have You're one kidding. like behind, like they don't ever take it out, and then one that goes around with the players. So what's the point of t- so they're taking the replica around? Well, but it's like now it's almost at this point there's like two real ones because the replica has been around for like a hundred years I also. Say that the replica has had all the stories and stuff. I mean, it's, exactly. it's probably more valuable than the. I oh, would say so. Like, yeah. All those people in Detroit and Pittsburgh were pissed off because they thought they drank out of the Stanley Cup and it was the Stanley Cup B. <laughs> it was the uh, replica version, cheap only. I heard the same thing about the claret jug for Brit- the British Open, except you get to keep the claret jug for a year, and then when you give it back, they give you like a replie, and that's what you put at home. So, I wonder if anyone's uh, tried doing a little swap. Uh, I know I I don't know about that, but I do know that Tom Lehman's kids broke the trophy back in '96 or '96 90, because Leonard won in '97. And uh, what happened was he came home, the kids were playing with a trophy, and he found the British Open claret jug bent over 45 degrees in the middle. And he essentially freaked out and like, took it to his jeweler friend, and he's just like, you have no idea. You have to fix this. <laughs> You're screwed. <laughs> and he fixed it. So, I mean, that's the claret jug. That's the claret jug. So, All right, Zach, anything else you want to cover? Where they can find us? How they can learn about us? What we are? Uh, you guys could find us at www.fromthebacktees.com. And uh, hopefully you guys subscribe to the pod. So then you get this every single time we post, you'll get a notification. And you can find Jerry at, I'll say it for you since you're running out of a voice. Jerry Uh Looper 2. (laughs) No, you got the one. You're the only Jerry Looper so far. (laughs) I appreciate that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. We got a short show for you guys. We'll be back on next week. I almost dropped the mic. (laughs) all right folks yep that was me jerry hope you guys uh keep it in the fairway or whatever our ending catchphrase is